Live in the entertainment capital of the world. The T.C. Martin Show. The lines it into left field. The base hit. Cespedes will score. And the Oakland A's walk off with game two of the ALTS. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. T.C. Martin. And turn in the air center field. That ball's hit well. Martinez on the run. This is way back. And it is gone. It is a walk-off home run for Justin Turner. The doctor is now in. Baseball talk this hour. My man Chris Bosio is going to join us. What? Fourth of July coming up, right? On Tuesday. Baseball and hot dogs. Okay, that's what we got this hour. So we got. We got Mickey Sudo, the eight time champion, Pride of Las Vegas. Got that going. Then you also got uh, George Shea, uh, the MC, Master of Ceremonies, but also the creator. Uh, with the Shea Communications. And of course, that will be on ESPN Tuesday morning. Couldn't hardly wait for that. So we look forward, uh, to that. So this hour, like I said, we've got baseball, we got hot dogs and a whole lot more. Okay. Let's talk a little baseball with the pitcher himself, Chris Bosio. What is up, brother? TC, how you doing? I'm good, man. We had a, Perfect game, my friend, as I'm sure you're aware of. I'm not sure if uh, you watched it. Uh, you watched it uh, on television with all of the green empty seats there at the old Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, Ricky Henderson Field, Ring Central, whatever in the heck they're calling it now. But uh, Domingo Herman, a guy who came in here struggling. How about these stats, Boz? D- Domingo Herman throws a perfect game, like the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. First Yankee since David Cohn did it, what, 24 years ago. Coming into the game, Herman has never thrown a complete game, and he was winless against the A's. He was 0-6, had a balloon type of ERA coming into the game, and he goes, not just no-no, but he goes perfecto. What do you think of that? You know, I know he's had some some struggles this year, obviously with the suspension and you know in the last start against Seattle giving up I think Ken Ernie's. Yeah. Out of all the guys on their staff, Herman's the one that has carried uh, no hitters the deepest into games aside from the lefty that lost a no hitter last year. Herman's been most consistent about getting in the fifth and sixth inning and they even said out of all their guys, he was the guy to do it because he's got such good command. And it just goes to show you, in this game of baseball, you never know when it's going to happen. You never know when it's going to click. You know, the other thing that I noticed, um, some of those outs, and I know we're not overshifting, but I looked at Donaldson, he's sitting right in the 5-6 hole. You know how hard it is, would it be for me to give up the third base line? Right. And a no hitter like that. And yeah. for them to play him in that spot, I saw two outs where Donaldson made the last one in particular where he was way off the line for a right handed batter. And it's just amazing because you need a lot of stuff to go on. You need some defensive plays. And that's the thing that was crazy, TC. There weren't a lot of defensive plays behind him. It was a pretty ho hum perfect game. Yeah. 
pretty clean, you know, no question about that. And, you know, a lot of different elements to, to touch on, you know, with that. But I know you threw a no-hitter. We had talked about this before. It goes back to your point of, like, you never know. what You go to the ballpark as a player, go to the ballpark as a fan. You never know what you're going to get, especially, like, fans. They go and, like, hey, maybe today could be the day, and you got a couple of three-up, three-down innings, and all of a sudden you're in the fourth, and you're thinking, hey, maybe today could be the day, no matter who the pitcher is. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but didn't you tell me that the start before your no-no, that it didn't go so well? I set a career high in strikeouts with 12. And, at, and after that, we, we flew home, and I threw my no-hitter on three days rest with the flu. That's right. Eric, yeah. Han- yeah. Eric Hansen was supposed to start, and I got a call at home from Lou Pinella, and he's like, hey, Hansen can't go. He's thrown up all over the place. And I said, well, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but I'll go. He's like, we don't have anybody else. And I said, I got no problem. I'll go. And I went there and I, you know, I walked the first two guys. I mean, I was, I was thrown up before the game, right after my warm up. Normally I threw like 40 pitches in a very methodical bullpen where I always go down and away and then arm side with all my pitches, about 40 pitches. I, I cut it off at 25 and I tossed the ball in the stands. Sammy Ellis, our pitching coach, goes, where are you going? I said, I got to go, I got to go get sick. I'm going to go throw up. <laughs> During the national anthem, I'm throwing up in the in the runway in there while while Edgar is stopping, hitting off the tees. Like, you all right? And I'm like, we're gonna go, we're gonna find out. I walked the first two guys of the game. Sammy Ellis comes back out there. He goes, "What are we doing?" I'm like, "Well, you're the flipping pitching coach. Why don't you tell me?" He goes, "Let's get a double play. Let's get out of this." So I I threw Andre Dawson some cutters. Uh, Struck him out. Mike Greenwell hit a double play ball. And the next thing I know, I woke up in the eighth inning of this game. I had no idea where I even was. Wow. It was, it was unbelievable. And, and that's kind of the way it goes with no hitters and perfect games. You just, you keep rolling, you keep rolling, you keep hitting spots and they keep swinging early in the count. Like they did yesterday with Herman. You need a lot of that. And like I said earlier, Chief, you, you know, you need luck. Oh, yeah. You, you need some luck. But that, that thing last night, man, I, I can't even think about. And I, I was watching the highlights today. There wasn't really even a hard hit ball, a ball that was really squared up. I mean, really good. Because normally you'll see a couple. And that's why I said it was kind of a whole hummer because. I know in my game, I had guys diving all over the place on that Kingdom turf. Yeah. And again, like you said, the Kingdom turf, you're playing on not just carpet, you're playing on cement. That's what you're playing on. And that, you ground ball in a hole. I mean, that's like, that's like a given, man. It's, it's going to be a base hit, but yeah, either hit it right at guys or get great defensive plays. And, you know, you had a really good defensive team behind you, uh, that day too in that team, but, yeah, it is, it is crazy that things have to go your way. Now, what about this? And you've heard it. I know. Well, it was the A's. I mean, they're a glorified double A team. But here's the thing about people don't understand about the A's. Their offense is actually pretty darn good. Okay. It's not bottom of the barrel. Their pitching is just awful. Their defense isn't very good, but they got some sticks. But you're right. It just seemed like that 
They were going through the motions. He had 12,000 in attendance, about probably not eight or 9,000 or probably Yankee fans there, night game in, in Oakland. Do you put a little bit into that? Like you said, oh, it was a whole home game, but okay, it was the A's. You know, Herman, I, I mean, I watched the last three innings. He, I think he made two mistakes on location pitches. You still got to throw the no hitter. And like you said, these, these guys can hit. These guys can put the bat on the ball. They're not leading the league in offense, but still, that's a big park where a lot of balls can drop. If anything, that's a team that you would really kind of be on the defense for because they don't drive the ball that much, and they're they're more of a singles hitter. They got some guys that can hit it out, but you're right. You still got to throw it. You still got to throw it over. But I think in this case, you just got to give her mom the credit because he was he was spot on all the way through the game. All right, Chris Bazio joins us, author of a no-hitter, of course, a longtime pitching coach, too, a World Series champion with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Back to the perfect game. David Cohn, I mentioned, he was the last Yankee to throw a perfect game 24 years ago. Uh, I know Cohn you know, talks about, hey, there, he had a 33-minute rain delay in his perfect game. Even though we didn't have rain in Oakland, you had a long delay after the Yankees had what a big fifth inning in the in the top half, and so then Herman had to go out to the bullpen and throw. Like you said, you know you want to have that motion, you want to have that rhythm, you know, going. And then also the A's had a pitcher hurt, so then there was extra time that was given to them. I believe it was like a twenty nine minute delay in between those innings for him to go on out. How much of the factor is that for a pitcher? And during the case of your no no. Any type of delays or uh, that for you, or everything was just smooth sailing from that first inning on? You know, after the first inning, everything kind of went pretty quick. We'd, we'd scored, put up a couple innings with some crooked numbers. So, I mean, I think we, you know, we got seven, and it, and it felt like 15. Right. You know, just by the way the game was going. And you make, you make a great point. I mean, I remember being the pitching coach in Chicago, how much of an advantage it was to have the bullpens on the field because of that. And back then, we scored a ton of runs in 16. I can remember a couple of times our guys going down there and, and throwing. Now, the, they have batting tunnels that are underneath a lot of the clubhouses where guys can go in and throw underneath. But having a bullpen mound on the field like Oakland does, I believe they're the only ones right now. They are the only ones. have a bullpen on right. right, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's 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 an advantage, especially in a game like that where long innings or guys get hurt. So but, I think that was that was huge because I again you you don't know but what's gonna happen if he's not able to do that because they don't have a tunnel that's readily available in Oakland for those guys to go swing at, you know, that's underneath where he can go throw. And uh, they're still charging a, a, a dollar in the uh, Coke machine there, uh, as uh, David Justice <laughs> will tell you from Moneyball, which was on last night, Boz. How crazy is this? I, I, I see a little bit of the, this game. It was 11 to nothing, Yankees over the A's, and then I flipped the channel's Moneyball. And I'm going, oh, okay, yeah, I'll hang for this scene. And I don't know about you. I, you know, I, I get some of these movies, man, especially like Pulp Fiction and some of my other favorites, and I, and I can't turn it off. And then I go, hey, there's this 11-run thing again. Remember when the A's in 2002 had this streak of, of winning 20 in a row? You remember that very well, right? And Absolutely. then it was 11 to nothing. The A's were winning that game 
to tie the record. And next thing you know, they're playing Kansas City, and Kansas City comes back and ties it up 11-11. to And your boy Scott Hattenberg hits a homer uh, in the bottom of the ninth for the A's to win that thing 12-11. to But I'm, I just got to see an 11-0 game in Oakland, and then I'm watching Moneyball, and that 11-0 lead turned into 11-11, 12-11. It was all 11s, kind of crazy. It's ironic that how <laughs> all that stuff happens. It really is. I mean, I saw the money ball was on here too. And I, I thought the same thing. It was like, what is it? What is the chances of this? Oh, it's too funny. But anyway, so back to that. So that delay though, I mean, say in, in that inning, by the way, the Yankees scored six runs, five hits, and there were two Oakland errors in, in that inning. Like I said, a half hour in between Herman going out. Is that a major factor for a pitcher? You know, I always put the line at 40 minutes because a lot of, you know, a lot of our guys are heated up. If it was cold weather early in the season, I, I drop it down to 30. But normally these guys are pretty loose and they stay loose because of, I mean, you got, you got hot pads, you got cold pads. There's a lot of different ways to be comfortable and not a better place to pitch in the world to me than Oakland because of the, the condition. You get that marine layer at night. It's just so comfortable. I think he was fine, especially pitching in Oakland. Somewhere else might be a different story. High humidity, you know, higher temperature, lower temperature. But out there, you know, you're a Northern California guy. That, that temperature last night was perfect. Yeah. 70, 72 degrees. So, hey, Boss, let's, let's don't forget for a pitch or two, about the 100 yards of foul territory, it helps a pitcher pretty good too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can't have a better ballpark to pitch in. He he definitely had a role last night. Yeah, no doubt. Chris Bazio joins us. All right, man, you called it. I'm always praising you, man. Called it before the season started. Said that the pitchy pitchers were going to – uh, more and more injuries were going to happen this year because of this pitch clock and all this other nonsense. We're seeing it, man. And we're seeing not only pitchers with injuries, we're seeing high ERAs. It's craziness, man. You called it. Is it worse than you thought? It's starting to be. You know, it's, it's pretty sad when you're losing some of the arms that you're losing. And now to see some of our best pitchers um, just get their lunch handed to them, you know, it's crazy. I Who's going to win this thing this year? Because the guys that are supposed to be producing at the top level of these rotations really aren't, and some of these other teams are starting to hang around. And it's, it might be one of those years. I don't know. It might, be, it might be Tampa Bay's year where finally they break through. Because, I, I don't know, I'm a couple more injuries, and this thing's going to get really, really bad. And, uh a lot of these organizations that they're just not that deep. They really aren't because they've traded away a lot of their top arms or prospects already. Not a lot they can do. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this is going to tie into the pitching right here. Uh, Justin Verlander, fantastic with the Astros, as we know, goes to the Mets. Talked about this in the beginning. Kind of had a feeling is not going to have that same magic, especially you know coming off uh, more arm injuries. And then Max Scherzer. Uh, both these guys struggling. The Mets downright pathetic right now, 17 games out of first place. Their owner, Steve Cohen, calls a press conference and basically saying, hey, season's not over, but yeah, it looks like it's pretty much over. And now we know that uh, Scherzer could actually be on the move. I don't know if they would move Verlander as well, 
But give us your thoughts, man. You know, you know this team pretty well. These New York Mets, they spent a ton of money, just about more than anybody out there, maybe them and the Padres. And there's another team, we can talk about them too, just downright awful. It's unbelievable to see what's happened to the Mets. I mean, they got off to a decent start without Verlander in the rotation. And now to see where these guys are at, I mean, I mean they're going to have to play 20 games over 500 just to have a chance just to have a chance to, to get one of the playoff spots. I think you're going to see a fire sale. Um, I think you're going to start to see a lot of their guys, you know, that are going to be, you know, try to be traded. And what's going to happen, the Mets are going to have to eat some money. But I think this is going to be a wild uh, summer uh, right before the trade deadline because there's going to be a lot of names out there. Um you know, watch for, you know, a couple of guys from Detroit, uh, guys from the Mets. You know, some of these teams that are literally, you know, out of play. I, I think this is the year where they're going to unload and uh, somebody's, somebody's going to pick up a couple of good arms or maybe a couple of good bats along the way. I, I think there's going to be a one big shocker in there, too. Um, it just, it's just lining up that way. You know, and it usually happens this way when you don't have a definitive club, you know, running out there. Tampa Bay, I mean, they were running out there like crazy, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody in the division is over 500. I mean, Tampa Bay is still going to be there, but that American League East, I, I, I wouldn't spend a dime of my money betting on any of those teams. Because I don't know who's going to come out of there, TC. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I'm still holding out a little bit of hope for, uh, you know, Toronto, thinking they may come out of there. Yeah, Chris Bassett, I, I just can't figure out. This guy started off pretty good, and but he's just been downright awful. And we know that, you know, the rest of their lineup is pretty healthy. You finally got Springer and Bichette, and, you know, now you got Brandon Belt there. They're pretty healthy. But, man, I, I'm afraid to bet on Bassett. Because this guy is, he's just given up five, six, seven, eight runs at a shot over the last, you know, four or five starts. What do you make of him? I, I don't know. I, it's almost like he's got something going on with his arm because it's, it's just doesn't have the life. You know, he's not a ground ball guy. He's more of a fly ball guy. That's not a good, good mix, especially pitching up in Toronto. But did, is it Manoa who's down there on an A-ball rehab? Or <laughs> right, right. You told me I gave up 11 Ernie's or something? Yeah, yes. That's got to be promising for them, knowing <laughs> that one of their studs gave up 11 to a bunch of pre-swinging A-ball guys. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, insane. He's 25 years old, too. And he's uh, on a rehab assignment, and it's like, well, okay, he's not ready. It's it's crazy what we're seeing here. Now, you know, Bassett, I... You know, again, not this is. I'm not making a joke. I mean, remember he got hit in the head with the line drive. Was it last year, right? And I'm thinking, like, you know, you played that position. You know it better than anybody. I mean, once that happens to you, it's hard to block out, right? You know, they've they've had some injuries, but everybody has injuries. But I I think there's something going on there with Bassett because the ball's just not coming out like it normally does. I mean, this guy can pitch. We've seen him do it with the Mets. We saw him do it earlier when he was with the A's before he got traded. It happens sometimes. I mean, he's, he's had some, he's had some really good years. You know, maybe, maybe he needs a little bit of a break on that arm, but normally when, when guys are really struggling like this, um, 
there's usually some injury stuff going on in there. And I'm not going to use that excuse for Verlander. I mean, he's pitched decent, hasn't gotten a roll yet. But, again, we haven't even gotten to July yet. And some of these guys could turn the month around and win three or four games in the next month. And, and then the next time we talk, we're talking about another pitcher. It's yep. just the way the season goes. There's ebbs and flows. Um, that's why I love the game of baseball because it's so long and grueling. And, and guys we talk about now, I mean, we might be talking about Herman in two weeks getting sent down or sent out on a, sent down to rookie ball for the same exact thing. You know, it's, it's just the way the game goes and you just got to roll with it. Hey, we saw with Reed Detmers last year. Remember with the angels through a, Absolutely. Through, through a no, no early on boom. And then, then he goes down next thing you know, ZRA is around eight. So it, it is, it's a crazy game, man, but we love the crazy game, brother. We appreciate the time, man. Uh, as always, um, glad to hear you're doing well. I want to get you to Vegas here, man, as, as soon as possible, man. So summertime, great time to, to come on out here, man. So, Let's uh let's figure out a time. You can come on out and uh we can go we can go wine and dine at one of your favorite places. Well, I appreciate it. You know, just to be able to hang out with a Hall of Famer <laughs> like you would be awesome. There you go, brother brother, right back at you. All right, take care, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. All right, take it easy. There Bye-bye. it is. Bazio, my guy. All right. So I saw some food pics on Yeah. From the trip. Yeah. Looked like you were having some good places. Well, you know me. I got a, that's, that's a prerequisite. I put a lot of effort into, as you know, like the game prep and the show prep and all that yeah. stuff. I put just as much prep into the food because especially when you're going to go to a city for a limited time. So I got to scope it out. I go to the arena and I say, no problem. Problem fixed. I'll go to the media dining because as we all know, I mean, just ask C. Wynn, Shapiro, all these guys. They, they love the media dining at, yeah. at, at the Michelob Ultra Arena in Mandalay Bay. So I'm in a major arena. Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Mercury, right? They're going to have some media dining. You would think so. So I go downstairs after I get everything together, getting ready to go uh, meet up with Becky, interview her for the pregame show, and I see this um, person, security guard, whatever, down the tunnel. So can you tell where the media dining is? Oh, yeah, sure, right there, sir, right through here, that one. Okay, in this room. So I go in, go in the room, and... There's a bunch of empty tables. You can see trays like for like buffet style. Yeah. Empty. And then they have like the what do you call it? Like the Coca-Cola things with the, they have the water, they have the cokes, yeah. you know, you know all that? Yeah. The refrigerator the, 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 the kind the of thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Empty. There's no media dining. This is a problem. And she goes, Well, I saw them taking some food somewhere, this and that. Oh, maybe maybe it's coming later. I'm going, later? We got game time in less than an hour. There was no food. So I'm going, now what am I going to do? So, I'm going to have to go to the concession stand. I'm going to have, is that what I'm going to have to do? You're going to have weak old popcorn. Yeah. So, but they did have some really cool, you know, places up on the concourse. So I said, I don't want to do that. So then I run into Becky and she goes, Hey, TC. She goes, when do you want to do the interview? I go, pretty soon because I'm trying to find some food. She goes, yeah, there's, there's no food down here, huh? And I go, no. She goes, I got a bagel. She goes, here. You, you can have half my bagel. I'll split my bagel with you. I go, no, no, no. I'm not going to share your bagel. I mean, that's your bagel. You have it. She goes, no, no, no. It's gigantic. It's like, it's, it's, it's really good. It's got bacon and cheese and eggs. And I'm going, you know, I'm pretty hungry. I'm going, you're starting, like, it's starting to sound good. I'm not a bagel guy for the most part. You know, I'm a donut guy. I'm not a bagel guy, especially when you're going to stuff. Eh, I don't know. So 
she de- insisted that I have the bagel. I said, okay, fine. Let's go do that. So then she goes, but we got to find a knife. We're down in like this VIP area that's like outside the court and all this stuff. I go, you want to go in the court and do the interview or do you want to be back here? She goes, oh no, let's, let's, let's do the interview here. She goes, but more importantly, let's find a knife. Couldn't find a knife. And you had these dining rooms, you had these bars. So finally, uh, one of the trainers for the aces is looking for a knife and I guess found a knife, cut the bagel in half for me. And I had the bagel after we did our interview. Now. And how was it? It was very good. Okay. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I got to give you full disclosure, though. Now, you know the the meal that I had the night before. Well, of course. French onion soup. Yeah. Sliders. The bacon jam burgers. The fresh cut fries. So you weren't looking forward to This wasn't going to beat it. I'm not going in that direction. I'm going in the oh. stomach direction. Oh, gosh. I usually don't handle eggs really well. <laughs> Not, not sure you want to hear this or not. Should I continue or not? Go ahead. Story Why gets not? better. Gets better. So, it's a half hour before tip off. Okay, get ready to do well the pregame show, and I got you know some pre. So I got some yeah. time. So I look at I look at my watch. I go. I got about fifteen minutes. I go. I'm really not feeling good. I'm gonna need to find a restroom. I gotta find a restroom before. So what do I do? I go up. Through the concourse, and I'm seeing all these eateries, and I'm Chuck's already covered. So Joey's being sick to his stomach. I get it. All right. So now the pace is starting. You've been there. You guys have all been there. Everybody's been, been there. Everybody's now been the there. Now the pace, I, I'm going to really need to, to go to the restroom because I can't go two and a half hours for a game, right? So I see the restroom. I walk in the restroom, and it's virtually empty. It's like a half hour before, half hour, 40 minutes before game time, right? I'm going, okay, this is pretty cool. I got kind of an empty restroom. I was blown away that these restrooms, this restroom was like huge. I'm going, wow. I go, I've never seen so many, so many stalls in a restroom. So I go in the restroom, right? This and that. And I'm still like the only one in there. Gotcha. And then now I'm following I'm, you. Gotcha. I do my, 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 my I, I, duty. Okay, just stop. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> and I come out and there's now one other person in the restroom, right? Short hair, this and that, kind of bulky. And oh, then I tell me, and, and then I see an attendant. So then, then there's an attendant. So I go in there and I come out of the restroom, get ready to wash my hands, and this lady stares at me and says, "She's the attendant." She goes, "Damas, Damas." I go, "Damas, what are you? What's Damas?" And then. This person is walking out of the restroom with me. And he just goes, I go, what's Damas mean? She points up. She goes, ladies. <laughs> so I'm walking. Are so you this, crazy? I'm, this lady is the, the attendant. Didn't speak any English. Damas, Damas. Ah! One other person's in the restroom. They are walking out with me. And the person who's walking out with me, I'll just say this. I couldn't tell it was a woman. You know what I'm saying? It looked like a man. And so as I'm walking out, nonchalantly, this person is walking next to me in like a Mercury jersey and says, hey, what does it matter these days? There you go. I just... I went in the women's restroom. 
pointing at? Where's the trough? So I don't even have words. All right. Hot dog time, baby. Oh, yeah. Mickey Sudo, George Shea. Next. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. He is the warrior king who stands where the land meets the horizon, steadfast and unshakable. A force from beyond who defies the laws of physics. And he will never stand down. And he will never surrender. And he will never submit. Until his bones are cracked and splintered and scraped like chalk on pavement. Until the very dome of heaven collapses and the black avalanche of space pours down around us. Until he is the last man standing on the dirt-covered surface of the earth, he will press on. Ladies and gentlemen, the Las Vegas Sports Talk King, a broadcaster, hall of famer, entertainer, innovator, R&B funk music master, a hot dog lover and connoisseur, he is too cold to be told, the doctor, T.C. Martin. Listen to my man George Shea with that introduction, there it is. I mean, I think he does Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo a little bit more, but but I will take that. And George Shea is on a video shoot right now, I believe with Badlands Booker, because you know Tuesday is the day... It is the 4th of July, and uh, we can hardly wait uh, for that, as always. But right now, joining us, the women's champion, one of our all-time favorites. You know what time of year it is, because that's when she's on with us. The one and only, the champ, I guess the defending back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I can't count how many times I said that. Back-to-back, Mickey Sudo. Mickey, what's up? Hey, thanks so much for having me, especially with the epic introduction. Of course, of course. Glad to have you on once again, my friend. And uh, so first of all, we got a lot of catching up to do. I mean, first of all, it's, you know, you you were back last year. You took the year off. We talked about it to have you, your first child. How's motherhood? How's the baby? How's Nick? Give us a family update. Oh, my God. Everybody's doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Um, Max has changed the most over the last year. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't walk unassisted, and now he's just, like, cruising all over the place. He's talking up a storm in two different languages. I mean, he's, he's being his mom is the best thing ever. And, you know, like, I know that I missed out on 2021, but I swear to God, like, Max has been, like, the best trophy I've gotten through competitive eating. So, uh, and Nick's doing great. Uh, you know, he's a... Uh, He's working really hard on the guy's side. So, um, you know, he, I think, captured two wins already this year, and he's really gutting to place well on the fourth. That is awesome. That is awesome. Now, I, I wonder, is, is Max, you know, eating the diced-up hot dogs already? Is that how that's going? <laughs> you know, he, he wants to try everything that we have. Um, with the hot dogs, he, he's still working on his coordination. But, um, you know, he really likes bread, so sometimes he'll just eat that and get distracted. But... You know, he competitive eating's not in his future, and I'm uh, I'm good with that. I bet you are, no question about it. All right, so when was the last time you were in Vegas? Oh, uh, Vegas. Last time I was there, fairly recently. Oh my gosh, we had a longer layover because a flight was canceled. Um, hold on, I'm trying to. 
anyway, a couple of months ago. Um, but we, you know, the, what sucked is we didn't have enough time to like really veer off and, and go have dinner like we wanted to. Um, but yeah, the actual legit trip that we took, I think was for, uh, was it when Nick proposed? Kind of can't be that long ago. Yeah. What? Really? That long? I, it, I think it's, I think it's been a while, babe. When's the last time I was in Vegas or we went to Vegas? Well, Sorry. Yeah, honestly, I think it was I think it was for um the 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 contest the hard-boiled egg thing. Okay, well then then yeah. then then I'm not going to read you the ride act cuz I was going to bl- put you on blast for not, you know, hooking up because you're supposed to come to studio. We've been talking about it like, for like 10 years now, you know. So oh my gosh. so so there you go. So you're off the hook. Mickey, you're okay. That's good. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad no, to hear definitely. it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, our, our last trip really got messed up because uh, we actually Nick wanted to go in and do this uh, quesadilla challenge. Like, um, I don't know, I, I want to say it's up in North Las Vegas, but uh, because of the timing, we we basically we had enough time to just leave the airport and like go right back to our connecting flight. It was uh, things have been a little bit tougher because of Max. So he's cute, but I think it's partially his. He's to blame. Okay, so has the training slowed down at all? Are you still, you know, as fierce? Uh, no. And you still as hungry? You know, this is what I want to know. I mean, we we got we got Tuesday. I mean, let's let's hear about uh, where your mindset's at and what the training's been going like. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't think I slowed down at all since having Max. I mean, in fact, I I did a contest less than two months after giving birth to him. Right. Um, it was a wing contest over Labor Day weekend, but I, I won the whole thing, you know, beat Joey Chestnut, Jeff Esper, everyone else. Um, I've had a few other wins um, since then um, in those last two years. As far as hot dogs go, you know, honestly, I think, like, being a mom and having, you know, being pregnant and everything, I, I, I had to bounce back to my pre-pregnancy body and, and really kind of just, you know, not step it up in terms of, of getting back into shape, but just like being more mindful, you know, and I think that's kind of a lot of what motherhood has been like being more mindful about how I'm spending my time. You know, it's you still have the same 24 hours in a day. It's just kind of like, it might require more planning so you can fit in all the things that you want to do. Um, and then training's just been part of that. Like we make it work for our life. Um, so yeah, last year, honestly, I really thought I was headed to hit some high numbers, but, um, the numbers were down across the board, and I've tweaked a few things this year. And I really, I don't want to make any promises, but I really want to break that 48 and a half. I, I don't like my personal record. <laughs> How do you not like 48 and a half? 2020, you got 48 and a half. If, and then now, you know, down a little bit last year. Okay, no problem, but you still dominated. So what is that yeah. number? What is that number going to be this year? I mean, I, at home, I, the most I've done is 50 because I actually ran out of hot dogs that day. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, seriously, I, I probably like, and, and we had a news crew filming us and everything and just legit Nathan's dogs. It was just, I was on a, a good day off to set a, a high number. Um, so I have that at least, um, you know, just weather permitting, you know, hope people are telling me it's supposed to rain this next week and I'm, I'm not trying to hear that. So I'm hoping they're wrong. Um, I'm, I'm tweaking my, my technique a little bit to hopefully just be a little bit faster out, um, out of the gate. Um, it's a risk, but I'm hoping that pays off. So we'll see. Wish me luck. So well, good luck. I, you don't need any luck, girl. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, you're going to dominate. There's no question about that. We know that. Uh, the thing is, you mentioned you practiced at home here. Okay. You ran out of hot dogs. So who is prepping the hot dogs? Are are you doing that? Somebody else bringing them in? Are you going boil? Are you going steam? Are they on the grill? These are the things I need to know because I am the hot dog connoisseur. You may be the champ, oh, Mickey yeah. Sudo, but I'm the connoisseur. 
Oh, I mean, I, I love telemax. Some of these practices. Yeah, exactly. He he wants to be on the show too. He's your next guest. No problem. Um, no, I I've uh, I've live streamed some of these practices. I mean, they're they're just they're exactly as glamorous as they sound. You know, we we uh typically don't use the the store packaged hot dogs, so they're they're bags of forty. So we just okay. slice open, you know, whatever we need from the the Nathan's distributor and um, just cook them up. We've got a few flat tops set aside just for our practices. Um, and I've never been good at doing hot dog practices alone. I just, you know, I, maybe I'm just weak mentally in that aspect, but I just can't find the motivation to keep going for 10 minutes. So we're going to have Nick um, as my practicing partner. So, yeah, he, we kind of, we could, I don't know, we have it down to a system. We just like cook up all the hot dogs. You know, usually we'll eat one after the other, but sometimes it's fun to go head to head, even side by side, you know, at the same time. Um, and then we just try to clean up as fast as possible. So, you know, because the last thing you want to do is like deal with a, a hot dog hurricane, you know, afterwards. Right. So we try to clean up as you go and, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, it's a whole process. Do you casually eat hot dogs, say go to a ball game or at home, say, I want a hot dog. And if that's the case, what do you put on your hot dog? Oh yeah, of course. I love hot dogs. Um, yeah, I just, one, I'm not going to be dunking the buns in warm flavor of water. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, but too, yeah, I do like the Nathan's hot dogs. Honestly, I, I didn't know enough to really have a preference before I started doing the the Nathan's contest. I really do like the naturally cased hot dogs that have that snap to them. Yeah. It's almost like they keep the juice in when they cook. Um, when you bite into it, it's just like, boom. Um, but yeah, I like to top those with uh, chopped white raw onions, uh, brown mustard, and sauerkraut. So that's like my, my go-to hot dog. But if I'm having like if I'm having like three or four like at a normal cookout, um, you know, sometimes like just mayo is nice. Um, sometimes I like that celery salt. And then at home, I, I might just get weird and make like a banh mi style hot dog. Um, I make like the daikon carrot pickles, you know, like yeah. and um, throw on sriracha, mayonnaise, um, cilantro, and yeah, do all sorts of weird stuff. I like love that. it. She is Mickey Sudo. She is the champ. It's the famous Nathan's hot dog eating contest taking place Coney Island on uh, Tuesday. So from betting purposes, as you know, Mickey, you know, we're in Vegas, right? So yeah. I'm going to tell you what the, uh, obviously the odds for you winning, it's astronomical. I mean, you, know, you, <laughs> you, you got to put up 5,000 bucks to win a hundred. Okay. But here's where all the action is coming in on the total number of hot dogs that you are going to consume. What do you think that number is on the board? Um, I mean, my, my personal best is 48 eight right. and a half, and I only ate 40 last year. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to ding me a bit, but I think 40 was on the low end. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing they have it somewhere around like 42. All right. And a half Here maybe. it is. We go live to the sports book. Mickey Sudo's total hot dog number is under over 43 and a half. Oh, okay. So but, should, uh, should I, should I go and just unload on the over? I, I, honestly, I honestly, if this had been last year, I would have been like all day, uh, like last year, of yeah. course. Yeah. But then, like, I, I was dumbfounded after I ate. I was almost apologetic. I'm like, you guys, I don't know what the hell happened because I came ready. Yeah. Um, but then the numbers were down across the board. So, like, I, I don't I don't know. Um, sometimes there are factors beyond under control. And with the rain, I don't know. I okay. never want to promise anything. Um, 
but I am definitely hoping to eat more than 43 and a half. All right. That sounds good. And uh, so where are you at right now? You, you, you back home or when do you go to New York? No, we actually just got in today. So you caught me on, uh, yeah, day one. So we landed at LaGuardia, um, I don't know, a couple hours ago, a few hours ago. Um, we stopped by the Major League Eating uh, headquarters office. Um, you know, said hi to everybody there and just checked into our super nice uh, accommodations and we're turning in for the night. Outstanding. All right. All right. We're going to have George Shea on and I guess he's cutting a video with Badlands Booker, uh, you know, yep. from the streets there. And uh, so George is going to join us right now. Any any message uh, that uh, I should pass on uh, to George from you? Uh, you know, uh, you know, just Tell him, like, super, he knows this, but I'm super appreciative. It's my 10th year, and it's great to see him and everybody else. And on Father's Day, I I texted him, like, happy Father's Day to the, you know, like, the MLE dad or something like that. <laughs> so, and really, like, he's been part of my life for over a decade now. And, uh, you know, you know, I just saw him recently. I'll see him again tomorrow. And, right. you know, thank him for all his hard work, because the show really, uh, you know, it's a, he, he puts in a lot of work, and it's it's he makes it. He definitely does, and uh, we look forward to to watching it and just, I mean, being there. You've been there as a spectator. You've been there, obviously, mm-hmm. as, as a contestant. Uh, when you were down in, in the crowd a couple of years ago, when you didn't compete, would, uh, what was that like? Was it a different vibe for you instead of being on stage? Um, you know, honestly, like you couldn't, they couldn't keep me away from Coney Island that year. So the, it was when they held it at the, the Brooklyn Cyclone Stadium in 2021. I still like insisted on being involved. So they, they allowed me to be an ESPN commentator for the day alongside Michael Jr. and right. Shay. Um, so that was like, I'm definitely putting that on my resume, you know, when I, when I move on to other things, I guess. Um, so yeah, no, it was still cool to be like a part of it. Um, you know, Fourth of July, Coney Island is part of it's what I do. It's part of my tradition with my family now. No question. All right, Mickey, we appreciate the time. We got George on right now, so we'll do a little crossover here real quick as we go to the man, the master MC that shocks the house every every Fourth of July. My man, part of Shea Communications, the is the man. No question with this George Shea. We got Mickey on. What do you want to say to Mickey as she gets ready to dominate again, George, on Tuesday? She is a phenom. She is both elegant and fearsome at the table. It's an amazing combination, and she's a great hero. We are lucky to have her. Her competitors, sadly, are unlucky to have her because I fear she's going to dominate yet again. <laughs> there you go, Mickey. You heard it. From, you heard from the man. Thanks, George. I mean, honestly, I look forward to seeing you and your team every year, and I'm super happy to be back. So, thank you for all that you do. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Mickey, we'll talk to you soon, and hopefully we can get a recap with you next week after uh, you've digested everything and you set a new record and you're, uh, you got you got that mustard belt on your shoulder again. How's that? Absolutely, yeah. No, I already made things on my wall. There you go. All right, take care, girl. Appreciate you. Take care. Yes, Bye-bye. Mickey Sudo. There we go. Pride of Las Vegas. And there, there is the man. I think he's on surfing Stidwell right now. The one and only George Shea. What is going on, my man? I am in the corner, literally at the corner of Surf and Stillwell Avenues, where the contest will be in front of Nathan's Famous with Badlands Booker, the great rapper, oh, yes. the chug master, the great eater. And we are filming a rap video, but the, it is impossible to do because Badlands is such a celebrity now with Badlands Chugs, the uh, YouTube channel, that everybody just keeps up coming up to him and stopping us. So uh, so th- that's why we have a break. He's just signing autographs and taking uh, 
taking photos. Well, I appreciate that, man. If we if we get Badlands uh, to get on to jump on uh, here, we'll we'll incorporate him as well too. But as you know, my friend, I love talking with you uh, each and every year. Uh, we played your intro earlier. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, yeah, done. Your, I, I was ready to like to 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 march, you know, up on the stage. I mean, with that introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> It makes you want to eat, doesn't it? Well, George, I mean, I, I eat every day. I'm I'm a hot dog eating connoisseur every day, my friend. You know, except you know, I'm not putting down, you know, forty and fifty at a time like Mickey or sixty like Joey does. You know what I'm saying? Or even Badlands. You know, but uh, I'm I'm down for my two a day out here in Vegas. Well, that's that's what the doctors recommend: two a day. There you go. And um, but uh, you know, it's it's you're one of the, the the more knowledgeable people in the nation on on the sport, and and obviously follow it. As it comes forward, you know, on the, on the 4th of July every year, but this is going to be a great year. You know, we've, Joey's coming back. I personally don't know that he could beat his personal record of 76. I don't, I just, I just don't know how that could happen. You'd have to have almost perfect conditions. It's now in Coney Island. We have a nice breeze. It's probably 72, 74 degrees in this kind of weather, a little humid, a little smoky, but, but in this kind of weather, I think he could get there, but at an 85 and 87 degrees, at, at at noon, you know, at uh, twelve thirty on on Fourth of July, I don't know that he can break seventy six, but I know that that's what he wants to do. You know, uh, Mickey had said that she was hearing that it, it could rain, and she was pretty disappointed with that because it is amazing. I don't think a lot of people understand that weather is a factor in how many hot dogs you can consume, right? And why oh, there, is that? There's no doubt about. And why is no the weather a factor? That. Why is that? Well, like, look, a lot of things they think are factors. One is if the hot dogs come out too early, which they did last year, they came out about an hour early mm. and sat there, then they tighten up, makes it much harder to eat, and that's why the numbers were down overall. I mean, it was fair for everybody, but it was just the, the lower numbers. If it's super, super hot the, uh, and dry, the buns are going to dry out, right? If it's super in the, the heavy sun. and But if it's, if it's I, I think the impact of it being super humid and or raining is you would think maybe, well, it wets the buns, it makes it easier, but somehow I just think that it sort of drags the, drags the eaters down. It's much like a marathon runner where the best temperature would be that November 60 degrees, you know, in the 60s, that kind of thing, rather than a, a 75 or an 80. Now, George, someone has to get fired or something like that. If they're putting the dogs out like an hour early, I mean, we can't have that. I don't know how you do this or who does this. I mean, to cook, I mean, uh, almost, what, a 1,000 hot dogs, whatever that number is. I mean, I don't know how it's done, but uh, well, they, how, they do, how do you do that? Job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, Nathan's, the Nathan's team is incredible. So then they have the you know, biggest day of the year uh, serving out on their retail counter, and then they have uh, you know, 30,000 people around the store and then the, and the stage and they're, and they're cooking a thousand hot dogs for the eaters. So, you know, they do an incredible job. What I was saying is even something where the, you don't want the hot dogs hot, right? If they're burning hot, then the, the eaters literally cannot eat them. Right. So there's a sweet spot. If you miss it, you miss it by 15 or 20 minutes, it's going to impact the number of hot dogs that can be eaten. And, and a lot of little things like that. People don't realize, you know, jaw strength, um, flavor fatigue, you know what I'm saying? Like it all too much of, of one kind of flavor for too long and it, and it becomes, um, an issue, you know, a psychological issue. So there are all kinds of things that impact the eaters, but generally the very high numbers this year. 
Do we know what the number of hot dogs that Nathan's prepares for the contest, men's and women's? I guess if you combine them both, do we do we know we got a ballpark what that number is? I think I think it is more than a thousand. Wow. If I recall correctly, it's like twelve hundred or more. You know, they 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 are not one and 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 you know that Nathan's gives out a uh, a donation to the Food Bank of New York City mm-hmm. for a hundred thousand um, per year on the Fourth of July. But I, but they're they're cooking a lot for the eaters, and they want to make sure that there's a fifteen dog margin, you know, so that they don't that they don't ever run out. Yeah. But like you know, Joey, I've been at contests before where Joey is like taking plates, not hot dog contests, but taking plates of food from another eater, <laughs> and it's, it's sometimes you need you need. There's a big conversation, yeah. these convers- you know, these contests like how much how much are they going to eat if we. Eat popsicles. How many popsicles are they going to eat? And yeah. Then we have to go to the eaters and go. We've never eaten popsicles. How many would you eat? You know? So it's it's there's a a lot of organization. George Shea joins us, uh, the organizer, and of course you see him on the mic. Uh, the MC, of course, the world famous Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest that takes place each and every year Fourth of July there at Coney Island, and he is talking to us right there from Surf and Stidwell right now as we get ready for it. George, um, anything new this year, either from the television? vision side the broadcast or uh there uh, on the stage in the crowd or is it pretty much status I, I, quo no i i think i think um and, and badlands waving at me saying like like let's go let's do this video okay. but um i i thought so, but I'll, I'll wrap up with you no i think i think what's interesting this year we have eaters from the uk from japan from australia from brazil south korea and canada and so, you know, I think it's six of the seven continents are represented. There are some really good eaters coming. I would not tell you that I think they're going to beat Joey Chestnut, but I think a lot of these eaters are going to be in that second tier high up, and there will be some challenges to the Americans who have dominated for the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, but I think that's what I'm watching. I want to see there are a couple. There's a, there's a, there's a guy from Japan named Ren Zosa who goes by Zosan, which is, it means elephant in Japanese. And uh, I think he could be very good, but we have the number one ranked Japanese eater, Max Suzuki, who will definitely be in that 40-plus range. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. But but if I can, I'd love to send a, a shout-out to all the folks at Nathan's and ESPN who put things together because, yes. you know, they're such a great crew. And also, we have uh, Pepsid, Pepsid, the, uh, the, the over-the-counter stomach uh, 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 acid reducer as a secondary sponsor this year. So shout-out to them. But we are... You know, we're really gearing up. And look, Bad, if I wish we were on a on a FaceTime call, I would show you the crowd now back around Badlands. It's pretty incredible. I bet it is. Yeah, shoot me a video and uh, and send that over. I appreciate that. And Badlands, he's not near the phone. I mean, he's 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 mob. He kid. He, he's got time to say hello to us real quick here. Give us a quick wrap. I, I, I fear he doesn't. There's a young man talking to him, and it's like his hands are shaking because like to a <laughs> younger crowd. I mean, I can tell you, Badlands chugs. I was here and a little kid was almost crying last year when he, when he saw Badlands. So I think it would be a mess to get him, but, but I will, I I will send you his regards. He's the best of the best. And, um, he's going to be doing the world chugging championship on July 4. His personal record is 32 seconds for a gallon 
of lemonade. So he's going to try to break that. He's got four competitors coming against him. I love it. Well, tell Badlands, and you can arrange this for us, uh, George. Maybe he can join us uh, maybe next week or something like that uh, and, we'll do. Uh, and promote yeah. his stuff. But yes, Badlands Booker, what, over 3.4 million uh, 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 YouTube views? Phenomenal. And like I said, Badline Chugs. Very familiar with that. Yes. George, I appreciate the time. We'll let you go. Go do your thing, brother. Do you have a straw hat on okay. right now? Is the hat I on? Literally, I literally have the straw hat on. I, I'm a man who is, who is not uncomfortable in an embarrassing straw hat. So, But, I, but I, I hope you guys have a great 4th of July. I appreciate you having all of us on and uh, rock on, and, and, and we'll talk soon. You got it, brother. Appreciate you. Okay. Thank there you. George Shea. You recognize the voice. You know the man. Oh, definitely. Outstanding. Just promoter extraordinaire. He's been doing this going on 30 plus years at Coney Island. One of my all-time favorites. We've had George on, Mickey Sudo, big supporter of that. And you know where I'm locked in? Fourth of July, nine o'clock in the morning Pacific time. I am always locked in to the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. I forgot. There's one thing I wanted George to do, and I forgot. What were you going to have him do? I was going to have him give a subtle shout-out during the contest. I was going to have him give us a word or drop my name. A, a, you know a, what I'm a saying? possible, like, too cold y- Exactly. Dimension. A reference. So a we reference. knew it was for us, you know? Because we have, we, we have listeners out there that, like, you know, when I do that, and... We were going to do that. And I see, we were so rushed today with uh, the Badlands Booker Vito and everything of that nature. But hey, all good. All right. Appreciate Mickey Sudo for joining us. The champ, the eight time champ. How about that number? Huh? 43 and a half. Mickey goes over. Joey Chestnut, 73 and a half. Hmm? All right. You guys that like to wager on all things, including hot dogs, you know, people fire on it. And then we have a, a combination over under, right? 116 and a half of total hot dogs consumed by Joey Chestnut and Mickey Sudo. I think that goes over. See, George is right. The weatherman is such a key factor with all that. I would figure if it was wet, it, they don't have to dunk it as, as much. And it's just, you can yeah. just eat probably pounds. But you more. know what? He's right with the humidity. And then, like, say if it's 87 or 90 degrees, you're hot. hot it's just like any athlete. It's no. like a pitcher being yeah, on the exactly. mound. It, it, I mean, it's baking sun I got you. At, at 12, 1230 in the afternoon there in uh, New York. All right. Again, I appreciate Mickey Suda and George Shea uh, for joining us. Appreciate everybody. Nunchuck, Joey Sly, everybody. You miss any part of the show, you know where to go. Go to tcmartinshow.com because I got the pride and the stride, the glide and the stride. I move to the groove to the funky sound that's all around because I get down with my hot dog town. That's right, baby. We'll catch you on the flip side tomorrow. Hi.